You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick. We are, um, hey Nick, I was wondering um, if you could tell me where my broom is at because I know Virginia used it and for some odd reason I thought your team also had something to do with a broom. Is that true? I am not in the mood for this. <laughs> my face and my arms are currently as red as NC State's jerseys yesterday um, because I'm sunburnt. So, yeah. Not in the mood for this, Micah. <laughs> <laughs> so, was this the first time they've worn that? Because I've never seen those in my life. No, that's definitely not the first time. I definitely have seen those. I, a lot of State fans want them to keep wearing them. It, I've had mixed reviews on those jerseys by different people. I've had I, – I work with a girl at Wake Forest who also went to NC State, and she said that she loves them. And then the other person that I work with says she did not like them. And I had a couple of Wake students who I talked to today said that they liked them a lot. So it's either hit or miss, but um, – it's never in the middle. It's never like, oh, they're okay. They're not my favorite. They're not the worst thing. But I tend to really like them. I guess I can be your first middle because, like, I'm not going to lie. At first, I hated them. And then I loved them. And then I hated them. And then I loved them. And then I realized, you know what? Every team in college, like, for example, we wear all gold uniforms at ETSU. It's just kind of a thing now, I guess. And, like, I don't love it, but I definitely don't hate it. Like, it's kind of like a – I guess maybe I would have loved it more if they would have gone into Winston-Salem, you know, even just taking an L game. But they were definitely something for uh, – to say the least. They were something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but no, definitely not the first time that they've worn them. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I think I've seen them live in person before when I was at State, so – yeah, I, I tend to like them. A lot of people wish that the basketball team, the football team, did all red too. So it'd be nice. Basketball, basketball would be cool. Football, I'd only be down if they didn't wear red helmets. Like sometimes, like red is one of those colors similar to orange that can just be too much. Yeah, like Miami, they wore, they when they played us in baseball earlier this year, they were all orange. So the orange shirts, the orange uh, pants, they wore all orange. Um, yeah. Say something nice about North Carolina. They do a pretty good job with the all baby blue. I think that's pretty nice, especially when they have the the uh, cursive writing, uh, cursive font on their jerseys. So that's pretty cool. You see, those colors aren't bad. Like a baby blue. I don't I don't hate the like all yellows. I, I love like when teams do the all black in baseball, like Louisville. Ah, chef's kiss. Yeah, those are pretty sick. But, you know, sometimes it's too much for me. And Again, didn't hate them, but didn't love them. Kind of was like – when I first saw them, I, was, I just kind of liked them because I was like – or loved them because I was like, oh, I've never seen these before. But then I was like, yeah, it's actually almost – like watching multiple innings was too much for my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I can like, see that, yeah. Like y'all well, just need no. to go play an exhibition game at Eastern Washington's football field and – then my eyes will be officially fried for life. Well, hopefully when you see me tomorrow, my skin won't fry your eyes. I don't know what it is. I guess I ate too many steed oils to uh, make my skin red. So I need to cut back on that. 
Um, but no, I think I should be fine by the time I see you tomorrow. It's actually getting a lot better within this past day. Um, well, speaking of tomorrow, I don't know, Nick. We never, we've never really talked about it with the listeners. Not a whole lot. No, I don't think we ever. I mentioned it to some of the Wake guys, some of the Wake baseball team the other day. But no, we never talked about it with the listeners, I think. Oh, so we got so the players know we're coming. Do we need to like paint our chests like with like Adam's number or something on it or something like that? <laughs> no, but no, no, no serious. No, like that tomorrow, Nick and I will be watching the good old Wake Forest, or should I say Rake Forest, at the Forest Ballpark in Appalachian State, the most overrated ballpark I've ever seen. Man, Nick, you'll be. If you haven't been, you will be quite disappointed when you've seen all these beautiful pictures of how great this ballpark is. And it's mm-hmm. the thing is, it's really beautiful when you have a drone. <laughs> yeah. Not when you're actually sitting and watching a game. Yeah. So, my brother... I mean, it's not a bad ballpark by any means, but it's like small as heck. I mean, there's three total sections. <laughs> <laughs> my brother, so... he actually went up to App State uh, a few weeks ago and saw them play Campbell. He's like, he basically said what you said. Pictures look great, but once you're there, it is tiny. Yeah. Like, I think they're able to sell a max of, like, 400 seats, and then the rest is standing room. <laughs> so, wow. it's it's pretty crazy. But And they're not even sold out. They're almost sold out tomorrow, but they're not sold out yet. But, um, yeah. So, anyways, Nick and I will be watching Wake Forest and uh, Appalachian State, which – Nick, I didn't tell you this because I kind of spaced on it until about a week ago. But ETSU softball team actually plays at Appalachian State tomorrow at 4 o'clock. So I get to check the old watch a team I'm employed by for about an hour before I head over to baseball. So that's kind of cool. Very but nice. Very, not very nice. But, but yeah, Nick, uh, obviously I took a jab at you uh, to start to – start the podcast i think we just got to jump right into the good old virginia and wake forest and everybody else conversation virginia and wake forest are the two best teams in this conference and i don't think there's a question that that someone else should be in that conversation for the top two yeah i agree i was funny micah i was uh i was at the obviously i was at the game yesterday and then adam siri calls me down or like calls out my name he told me to look up the Virginia score, and I saw that you guys had won and beat Miami. Actually, you swept Miami, yeah. And he was but. <laughs> I mean, rightfully so, because, I mean, Virginia is only – like, I think they're tied right now, if I'm not mistaken. I might have a game on them. I'm not entirely sure. So At the end of the got, day, it's based about divisions. You want divisions. the standings right now? I got them. Yeah, if you got them, like the ACC records, of course. Yeah, so ACC, Wake is 12-2, and two, Virginia is 11-4. And and yeah, 11-4. and four. Oh, yeah, because we lost one to State, one to Carolina. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. But, yeah, so, like, I mean, again, it's hard. It's hard to make an argument right now as a Virginia fan that Virginia is better than Wake just because I, I think that – you know, at the end of the day, you know, it was not like Wake's had it easy in the conference. Um, I would argue Virginia still has definitely played the tougher conference schedule to this point, just because 
you know, I would argue going to NC State is obviously more difficult than hosting NC State. Both hosted Miami and swept, so by rule, it's kind of a cancellation there. Going to North Carolina is harder than hosting, you know, Notre Dame. So, you know, who am I for? Who's Wake's other loss? Uh, they lost one to Duke. Duke, that's right. And that was at Duke, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I would argue that going to – Going to Duke is just as hard as going to, you know, NC State or, or, sorry, less difficult than going to NC State or going to Carolina. So, you know, again, going to Clemson's not easy, but, again, I would just make the argument that Virginia's schedule has been a little bit more difficult than, let's say, other teams have kind of – or that Wake had to deal with. But, I mean, Nick, you were obviously there for the two games yesterday. I've Got to watch more so of game two than game one uh, while, you know, asking Denny Hamlin for his credential <laughs> at the Bristol <laughs> race yesterday because I didn't recognize him because I don't follow racing like that. Um, met Tim Tebow, though. That was pretty dope. He's a nice guy. Um, but anyways, you know, all I saw was – and I, I know you, you mentioned both teams used their Saturday starters um, for relief in game two. But, I mean, that is just the ultimate just – FU card when you can call out Sean Sullivan to finish four to five innings of baseball for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it I mean, I, and this, this might be a bad take because Rhett's probably the better MLB talent, but I think I would argue that Sean Sullivan, the pitcher of the year in the ACC. And maybe some of it's just the storyline behind it, but where to do this. But Sean's been incredible. Yeah, he, he he wasn't supposed to be a starter. It was supposed to be Teddy McGraw. But yeah. I, I, unfortunate that, you know, Teddy had to have season-ending surgery right before the season even started. So it's been a wild story for Sean. I mean, he stepped up when he needed to. Yeah. Oh. And he, and that's not a wild take, Micah, because, you know, I do the top ten list. Um. And, you know, all three weekend starters for, for Wake Forest are usually always in there. And Sean is leading in most of them with – he's leading the other two being Rhett and uh, uh, Josh Hartle. He's leading them in ERA. He's leading them in opposed batting average. Uh, Rhett has more innings pitched, but Sean has more strikeouts. And – yeah, he he's leading the other guys in these stats that I'm putting out. So it's not a hot take at all, to be honest with you. I think some of it that's so impressive to me is like, you know, obviously a lot of teams, your Friday starter is your guy. And not that Rhett doesn't dominate every other team's Fridays, but when you look at like, like no disrespect, who's your Saturday starter at State again, Nick? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Matt Wilderson. Yeah, no disrespect to Matt, but – Sean was five times better than he was. Like, and I, and that's not, again, this is not a shot at him because I think he pitched well, but Sean is just lights out. I mean, there's not much more NC State can do in this situation. <laughs> you know, they, they probably should have driven in some more runs or, you know, we'll get to the, uh, the shooting themselves in the foot segment of this show. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, you know, what they did was so dang impressive just from start to finish. 
I was again. I mean, Wake Forest just. I mean, the only the only complaint I could have, and I'm just, I'm chalking it up to that they just did not care, was the Elon game. Like, you know, I think to be honest, Nick, I think if Wake beats Elon, their D1 baseball is number one team in the country right now. Yeah, I agree with you. Because, like, you know, obviously they're not going to fault Wake for a a loss in a midweek, but they're not going to prop them up, especially when, you know, they only got two against NC State. If they would have swept in a three-setter against NC State, they may have made the argument of, okay, we're still going to do it anyways. But really incredible stuff from State – or, excuse me, from Wake. But – I guess, where do we want to go, Nick? Do we want to, you know, obviously I did a bracketology, so I kind of went through and, you know, kind of have an idea who I think has a pretty good chance of making the tournament and who doesn't. Do we want to Do we want to start at the top right now and obviously continue our conversation about the Virginia series with Miami as well as Wake and State? Or do we want to go to the series that meant the most to me and I think to a lot of our fans, as well as probably just the ACC as a whole, in Clemson and Florida State. Hmm. You know, I think we started off with, like, the big series last week. So why don't we go ahead and switch it up? Why don't we go ahead and do the Clemson-Florida State situation? I, I, I want to know if we were just wrong. And by we, I mean – not just you and I, but college baseball as a whole, were wrong on Florida State because I want to think they're talented, man, but they give us no reason to believe that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Clemson just looked like the better team from start to finish. I'm so glad that on Thursday night, yeah, Thursday night, I didn't tweet that. Clemson's the worst team in the ACC after Florida State took it to them in game one. I think I think what the downfall of Clemson might be right now, Nick, and I mean this in no disrespect. I need to I wanna actually I won't look up his name because I don't want to single out a kid, but the Friday starts for Clemson are not great. Like that's kind of what I'm looking at is like maybe Clemson's biggest Achilles heel, to be frank. <laughs> because I don't think they really have a shot on like they're they're pretty much guaranteed a loss in every series. Yeah. And then come Saturday, Sunday, you know, when you got teams like Wake Forest who obviously have two incredible arms on Saturday and Sunday, probably not gonna win those ones. <laughs> but you have a better shot, I guess, in a sense, from your pitching. Like I, I feel like Clemson has three solid arms, but no number one guy. And that seems to really be hurting them right now. I mean but with that being said, I mean, they took the series in Tallahassee. They did what they needed to do. I mean, did you watch any of these other series at all, Nick? No, I was keeping track of it. And I will give also Clemson a little bit of credit here, too. I know we don't really count midweeks all that much, but down on Coastal was, I think, gave them a lot of confidence as well. I'm going to say this, and I'm only saying this because I left the house watching Coastal in the midweek currently playing by the way, recording on Monday night against Campbell, in which Campbell leads 7 to nothing in the 7th. Um, I think Coastal sucks away from home. 
Like you look that at you look great at their since state plays them on at home, so that's nice. Like it looks like if you look at their schedule, dude, Coastal wins like all these upsets, right? Have come at home. Wake Forest in Conway. You know, they upset it. They upset was it South no, North Carolina. One of the, one of the other top 15 programs in Conway. Like they play very very well at home. We'll see what they do tomorrow against Campbell, but I'm not going to be shocked if they get swept by Campbell in the midweek. And, you know, again, I'm not saying that Coastal's not good, but it's a little bit less of a good, good job Clemson. Granted, you still run-ruled a, a top 20 team in a midweek. So at the end of the day, even if it's not ends up being this huge resume piece, that's a huge motivational piece, confidence booster. But, yeah, no, they – yeah, they went three and one on the week. I mean, their RPI, Nick, is like 33rd. I mean, they genuinely like again, RPI is not the only factor that's gonna say you're in or not. So that's gonna probably at the end of the day keep them out for now. But because their resume is not the greatest in terms of record and everything like that. But I mean, they're again, they are a big ACC series win away from being a, a legitimate bubble team. Yeah, and for how much we've kind of sh- shit on them, like that's not a bad spot to be in. I mean, they got at Georgia, they got Georgia in between the Notre Dame series. Like, would you yep. be shocked by, you know, April nineteenth after that last Georgia game, if Clemson went five and zero? Uh, yes, but no. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't, I. Basically, what I'm saying is my confidence is not them going 5-0, and but, like, I won't be like, oh, my gosh, what in the world just happened kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, again, like, shout out to my man. I want to call him Chase Grice. I don't believe that's his first name. I'm drawing a blank on his first name now. I'm doing that because of, you know, Chase Bryce, the quarterback. But Grice, the first baseman turned starter on Saturday, was unreal <laughs> for Clemson. I mean, his stuff was phenomenal. He hits a grand slam to give himself run support in the game. I mean, that was so much fun to watch. Like, again, we've talked about this so many times. When Florida State is potentially our worst program, I think you still have to chalk up Pitt as the worst program just purely because of the fact that Florida State took the series against Pitt. But, like, Florida State being one – like. At this time, a team that's missing uh, Durham, you know, the fact that they're even in a scenario right now to, you know, or they're not a bad ball club. Like, they're really not that bad of a team. But they are definitely struggling right now, and I don't know if an end in sight is coming for them because, you know, you look at the remaining Florida State schedule, it's not great. It's yeah. not great. I mean, they – Let's see. Let's just make sure I have it. I know I looked at it earlier, and I think I have it right. But sometimes right in my head doesn't mean anything. Yeah, they obviously are going to NC State this weekend. Then they got North Florida, and they host Virginia Tech. Like, Did I lose you?
I mean, rightfully so, is struggling under. I think they're under 500 now. I think they finally have fallen under 500. Let me make sure. Yeah, they were they were under 500 last week. Yeah, so like they're still under 500. Like, I mean, again, they got North Florida in the midweeks. Those are again very winnable. Like you have to win those games. You know, NC State on the road could be your resume boost, but like with the way the way NC State is trending, like. That win will not hold weight even if you do take two of three because people are just going to then, you know, like Nick, you'll be having an aneurysm worrying about what's what's wrong with NC State. And then, you know, again, Virginia Tech at home, not going to be a huge resume boost. Notre Dame, not a huge resume boost. Mercer, the great SoCon Mercer in a three-game series at the beginning of May, that's not great, Bob. <laughs> like, you have – there has to be almost probably two sweeps in that to even have a legitimate chance. So it is really crazy to me how that's what we're currently looking at for a Florida State ball club who, I mean, you just can't lose a series at home to Clemson. You just can't. Yeah, not good. Are we like, are you officially saying that Florida State will be out of uh, Durham? I mean, I don't think you can, like, rule anybody out, like, as in you're not going to Durham. I mean, what, did three teams miss? Two teams miss. Two teams miss, two right? Teams miss. Yeah, two teams miss. Like, I don't know how you can rule anybody out because, like, Virginia Tech, I think, is still in second to last place in the ACC, aren't they? Like, <laughs> so. Well, actually, as it sits right now, it is, uh, like, Yeah. It's Clemson and Florida State that would be out right now. Yeah. So, and Virginia Tech's right there, probably what a game behind them. Same with Pitt, or in front, I should say. Uh, but, yeah, it would be – then it would be Virginia Tech tied with NC State and then ooh. Pitt. Pitt's got a game up on NC State and Virginia Tech? Uh, Virginia Tech and State are tied at 5-9 and nine in conference, and Pitt is 5-8. and eight. So, oh, okay. based on average. Yeah. yeah. But still, yeah, I mean, that's – and, like, there's different there's different weights. Again, my, my the only thing that I think could be saving Florida State is – and that's why this weekend maybe is the most disappointing of, of all of them so far, was they won the series against Pitt. But everything else has been series losses and or sweeps to top 25 programs. Like Miami, very good program. Virginia, very good program. Like, you know – those aren't I mean obviously getting swept's not ideal, but those aren't bad programs to lose to. Right. So, you know, it, it's more the fact that like I mean again, I thought Florida State was gonna take this series. We were wrong. I mean you can tell that Clemson is a piece away from being a very good ball club. And I think it might be that Friday starter. It might just be pitching in general. I mean they can I mean I know we, we toot the horn of Cam Canarella because obviously he engages with us on Twitter, so that helps. But, I mean, that kid really is a spectacular young man to watch. Like, I, like I, well, I was not kidding, Nick, when I tweeted, I'd be willing to risk my job on Cam Canarella getting a base hit in every baseball game. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's going to find a way. Like, some of his base hits are literally slow dribblers to the third baseman, but he's got the speed to beat it out. Yeah. I mean, kids just been absolutely phenomenal. Um, they got nothing to really to say about the kid besides just again, he he's a baller. 
He's just an absolute baller. So, I mean, again, man, Florida State, you are you're in trouble. You're in you're in trouble. Things are uh, not trending in the right direction at all. And uh, I mean, that's the thing that's crazy, Nick. Is like Florida State can play themselves back into conversation with these next three series. And after that Mercer series in uh, early May, it's Wake at home and Louisville on the road to end the ACC slate. <laughs> so, like, you better get your wins now because going to Jim Patterson Stadium is not going to be easy. We'll talk about Boston College's trip there shortly. And obviously, Wake Forest, well, <laughs> I don't think Florida has the pitching to beat Wake Forest. No. So. No. But kudos to Clemson. I mean. Clemson, again, like, it's crazy that they're currently missing the ACC tournament. I don't think that's going to be the case, in my opinion, at the end of the day. But also, too, like, they are, like, they are right there for an NCAA tournament bid if they can figure it out. They really are. And so I-, I hope for their sake they can figure it out because, you know, again, like, this is a ball club who, you know, we got Georgia – in Athens on, you know, tomorrow, Notre Dame at home, and then obviously hosting Georgia or heading to NC State. I mean, it's going to be tough, but NC State, Boston College, Louisville, Virginia Tech, back-to-back week, and North Carolina, those are your final five ACC series after Notre Dame this weekend. I mean, you you win three of five of those, you're probably an NCAA tournament team, or at least – in the conversation to be an NCAA tournament team. Yeah. So they haven't they haven't played themselves out yet. So there's something to be said about that. But what do we want to go to next, Nick? Um, I first want to be very candid. Mother Nature, screw you. Took a lot of great baseball away from us this weekend. Um, not even just in the ACC. I mean. LSU South Carolina was a phenomenal series, and we lost the third game of that series. You know, we lost a lot of. I mean, again, we lost obviously a, a third game between State and Wake. We lost, you know, a third game between Virginia Tech and Duke. So that frustrated me, but you know, we still got some very good baseball. So with that being said, let's talk about the best. Three game series I have watched this season that has resulted in a sweep. And that was Louisville and Boston College. That was our series of the week, wasn't it? Yeah. And dude, I'm telling you, Boston College was the better team for, I would say, 65% of the weekend. But doesn't matter. All you got to do is win the games. I mean, both Friday, or Thursday, Friday, I guess, were one run games. Then Saturday was technically a, I believe, 4-2 to final. I think that's what it was. I watched that one pretty much from start to finish. But, I mean, they literally had a fire alarm going off for two and a half innings. That was really funny. Um, so, I guess I talked to the marketing guy at Louisville. Some kid pulled the fire alarm <laughs> in yeah. his suite. And so the, the fire alarm went off for like two and a half innings. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, Boston College loaded the bases and had a chance to take the lead. Like the the lead the lead lead run was coming to the plate. So, you know, they were never out of it. So 
you know, I, I listened to a couple of college baseball podcasts, and one was like, one of them had the audacity to ask the question, is Boston College a fraud? And thank goodness the other guy on that show spoke up, Nick, because I would have, I don't normally call it, like, you know, that kind of stuff that you can do where you can tweet at them your opinions or whatever. I would have yeah. been on fifth quarter ACC ripping them a new asshole. If they would have <laughs> gone on a rant about Boston College being overrated. Because, first off, Louisville at home is a different animal. They always are a very good team at home. And they've Louisville is the most hot and cold team I have seen. Like, again, I watched them at Georgia Tech. They were the best team for six innings and the worst team I've seen for three innings. So that was the first part. But second off, Boston College has the best resume in college baseball still, in my opinion. <laughs> they didn't play a home game until the end of March. I know. Like, and it wasn't like they were going on the road. And I mean, I'll slander some SoCon schools playing at VMI and, you know, playing at Western Carolina and playing at, you know, Ratford. Like, they challenged themselves. They played some good ball clubs. And they've also played every good Northeastern top 25 team this year so far. So they've done everything in their power. Like, Yes, getting swept, not ideal. I think it speaks more to Louisville than it, than it does Boston College. Yeah. So, I just want to say shout-out to the Cards. I mean, they they were my biggest mover in my top 25 for the fifth quarter poll, going from 20th to 9th because, you know, I overreacted a little bit after their series loss last week. But, I mean, whew. it was a very competitive series, though. So it wasn't like, you know, again, you see sweep, that is important. You can't, like, pretend like it's not. But it wasn't like it was something that, you know, from start to finish, Louisville was just a better ball club. Because I would argue that's not the case. I I 100% agree with you. I was talking to some people yesterday about this series And I just kept saying, look, if I'm Boston College and I'm a Boston College fan, I'm not worrying about this at all. Like, every single game was close. You were in every – you were in a tough environment. I agree with you. Louisville is one of the hardest places you can play at. Like, it is tough to play there. Their fans show up all the time. They have a decent-sized stadium. Uh, I'm not freaking out at all if I'm Boston College. Like, there's still – opportunity to hold on to what you have and hopefully host that regional spot and play your way into a super regionals. Like you still got another game against you top 20 team. You have Duke um, at home. I would not worry about it at all. If I'm Boston college, it's just, it's a tough series. You know, every game is close, you know, a pitch here, a pitch there. It's all different. It's all different. It, and I agree with you. It speaks more to Louisville, how they bounce back. Because you and I said, is Louisville for real? Because I think we overreacted on how good their schedule was in the beginning and then realizing those teams are not really that good. And then they lost two out of three to Notre Dame. They lost two out of three to NC State. Then we're on uh, watch alert. We're on a little bit of a panic alert with Louisville. But they come right back and they sweep a top 10 team. I think it speaks more to Louisville. I 100% agree with you. 
And I'm not freaking out if I'm a Boston College fan. Like, I think they only dropped like four in the AP or in the D1 top 25. So I think if you're either team, like Louisville, you need to continue your hot streak, make the doubters or shut the doubters up. Boston College, don't worry. Just keep doing what you've been doing all year. They've been, they have been clutch all year, all year with these one run games, these comebacks that they've had. They don't have a player that sticks out except Chris Flynn. Um, and, you know, eventually that's going to wear out. Like, you're not going to have that clutch gene every single game. And going on the road to a top 20 team who has a significant home field advantage, um, that's going to wear off a little bit. It's not like you got killed. Again, the combined run differential in these three games was, what, five? Yeah. Like, it's okay. I think if you're Boston College, there's nothing to worry about. And the only the only fear I would have if I'm Boston College, like from a fan standpoint, is that I, I keep saying Saturday because, you know, again, it was the second game of the series. It's, all these Thursday Saturdays are killing me. Game two of the series, Boston College was up 8 nothing. Yeah. That is the only – but, like, and, and I'm not – this might be a, a weird or terrible take, Nick. So tell me if you think this is crazy. But like, when people say someone's up eight nothing, my brain goes, "Okay, they're up eight nothing. What in the sixth? And they had all this dominant outing. Like you know, they've been they were in control. It was eight nothing in the second inning, and Louisville scored three in the next half. So right. it wasn't like this game was like, yeah, it felt like it was getting out of hand. But like, again, after three, we're literally tied at eight. Yeah, that's not a hot take at all. The same thing happened at NC State in Miami, where Miami was up 8-0 through 3, and then by the sixth inning, it was tied. Yeah. Like, if if you're, like, again, if you dominate, like, I mean, I think that's probably my favorite thing about watching Virginia this year, is Virginia is very good at, like, two runs this inning, two runs the next half, two runs the next half. Like, you know, and it's, like, over a five-inning span, it's 9 nothing then, yeah, it feels like that is a dominational piece because they're, they're putting things together. They're piecing things together. They're putting runs, you know, up every single half inning. But that wasn't the case here. Like, and what's really frustrating if you're a Boston College fan is that, like, you hit a spot where you didn't score after the second inning on game two and then needed the ninth inning on game three just to put some runs up. Like, when, when it was basically desperation mode. So, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not – like, I still have – like, this series basically, in a way, probably played out better for the ACC because now, in my bracketology, Louisville's back to hosting. <laughs> so, a regional. So, again, no complaints from me there in that regard. Um, and, Nick, did you, uh, did you see who Louisville plays on Tuesday? Uh, let me check. Oh, Kentucky. wait. That, oh, that game's going to be, uh, delayed, Micah. Why? It's supposed to rain tomorrow? No, uh, so, unfortunately, there was, uh, some kind of shooting that happened that was kind of oh. close between both schools. Um, yeah, no, it was in Louisville. You're right. Yeah, so, they, I, I saw it, like, as I was casually just scrolling through Twitter when I was at the gym and yeah, it's postponed for now, but I think they're going to try and make it up 
probably they might do a double header. I want to say April 25th when they play each other again, and that one's at Lexington. So, and I mean, Louisville Lexington is not really that far away, so I don't know what they're going to do, but I think they definitely want to make up this game. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a double header, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do like Tuesday, Wednesday kind of thing, or even this Monday, Tuesday stuff that teams do nowadays, depending on you know what Louisville schedule is and Kentucky schedule is the weekend before slash after. Yeah, they because might Tuesday, do that. Because Tuesday, Wednesday, again, you could you said it's not far, so you could sleep in your own bed after Tuesday's game, and then still play you know home and or away on that Wednesday. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of teams do that. I think ECU Carolina did it this year. Yeah. Um, but I to to kind of help you out on this, Micah, you know who they have after Wake Forest, who I'm considering putting in my top 25. Indiana. Oh yeah, so that's a that's a pretty nice sneak. Considering, game. you know, welcome to the club. I don't know. Someone's been ranking them for the last two weeks now. Or actually, I guess technically I did drop them this week because USC was just unreal this week. But so Indiana is now 26th in my poll. But eh, whatever. <laughs> They're still in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. No, it's it, again they have a very tough schedule. You know, obviously that you know the tragedy that that occurred at Louisville or in the city, I should say. You know, obviously is you know that that comes first before any baseball game. I should have put two and two together. That would cause a delay in that game. I didn't actually even piece that together. But, you know, it makes sense. So, see prayers out to all those involved. But, you know, still, I mean, this was a series of the week. And I don't know if it obviously did not play out. Well, no, I don't think it played out to be the series of the week. But, I mean, from a standpoint in the conference, there really wasn't a great series. <laughs> A lot of brooms this weekend. A lot of brooms. So, not overly disappointed in this series, I guess. <laughs> but, all right, let's see. Where else can we go? Um, I guess let's try to focus on series that were three gamers. So, that would mean, who did, was it Georgia Tech and North Carolina, right? Yeah, they got their three in. Yeah. North Carolina takes two or three. Once again, proving that Georgia Tech will just not get swept. <laughs> they, they just don't know how to win a lot of series, but they don't necessarily know how to get swept either. <laughs> um, North Carolina continues to be the most meh top 25 team in the ACC. Right, like they are a very, very good team, but there's nothing that, in my opinion, is that special about it. It's they're just they're just a solid ball club that can win games, but I wouldn't put your money on sweeping. <laughs> it's honestly one of the weirdest things, you know. They their overall record, um, you know, is about the same as NC State's. Hold on, let me get these standings up here real quick. Uh, let's see. So overall, UNC is 22 and 10. So they're right around with Miami. They're right around with Duke, two teams who are not in the top 25. They're right around with NC State, another team not in the top 25. But they are in the top 15. Um, and the reason for that is because they do win the series that they need to. 
they haven't played anyone of significance that they've beaten because they've lost. I think they lost two to ECU. They lost two out of three to Virginia, but the games that they have that they should win, they do. And then they lose these midweek games, which is why the overall record is about the same as these teams on the outside of the top 25 trying to sneak back in because they lose South Carolina. They lose the Coastal. Um, it's, it's quite weird how this all is happening with UNC. Yeah, and like it's it's one of those things with North Carolina right now. You can make a legitimate argument that you know they're being they're they're basically being saved by their preseason ranking because like yeah you know they're not again what are they a top twenty five team? I mean, yeah, I think so. But again, what what's the actual argument for that? Like <laughs> you said, there's no. I mean, they got a win against Virginia. Great, um, you know is that it <laughs> pretty much. I mean, I like I need to double check this, but like it's not like North Carolina is out here, you know, again being world beaters or anything like that. But like you said, like they don't have any bad losses. I mean, I don't think they have a single loss to a team outside the top twenty-five. Well, besides Seton Hall, the opening day loss Seton Hall, but <laughs> ECU two losses. Um, yeah, two against Virginia. Obviously, the Pitt series only got one game. The one against Duke. The one against Coastal. Yeah, I mean, now I'm kind of regretting ranking them in my top 25, to be honest, or at least as high as I did, because you look at it like you kind of nailed it. Like, they're winning the series, but they're not dominating. And like, they're, they, like they're, Notre again, Dame, they don't play – anyone that's like of significance yet and when they do they lose like yeah the midweek south carolina you had your chance you lost like you know coastal carolina midweek you had your chance you lost ecu ECU. for two midweek games you had your chance you lost both (laughs) like you can only do so much you know and not win them you know like quality losses are a thing but you have to have quality wins (laughs) Like, and like Notre Dame, no disrespect, to Notre Dame. Like, literally, their quality win is Virginia, and that was a really weird game. Which, to be honest, like run it back, I wouldn't be surprised if Virginia won it. So, yeah, the their schedule, I will say, does heat up like ASAP. Oh yeah, uh, this weekend's Miami. This week against Miami. Um, Charlotte, a decent ball club, but then they got three against Boston College. They got one against Wilmington, a very good ball club. Um, at Virginia Tech, that's going to be tough. And then they have two midweek games, Campbell and ECU. Like, that's going to be hard. And then they got NC State, and they still got one more at Coastal, which we already just said, Coastal has been great at home. So... I think we're about to see what UNC is really all about from starting this weekend, basically until the end of the season, because I mean, hell yes, they play at Clemson, but I mean, it is at Clemson. You never know what they could be like towards the end of the year. They're starting to get a little hot. I think we're about to find out if UNC is for real or not, Micah, because 
they have been sneaking under the rare radar, not only in the ACC, but like in college baseball. They have not moved a lot in the top 25 at all. Um, but they are about to play a decent slate of quality teams. Yeah, I'm half tempted. If it weren't for the fact that like I'm stuck between a rock and the hard place, Nick, of like, I work so many of our events that I really don't want to work a whole weekend of softball this weekend. Um, so North Carolina hosts Miami on Saturday at noon. The North Carolina spring football game is at 3.30. And then NC State hosts Florida State at 7.30. So I, I'm half tempted to go over to the good old triangle for, for Saturday afternoon, hang out with our buddy Hayden, obviously who the – Biggest Miami fan known to man will be yeah. in attendance for. Um, go catch some, you know, go catch the Drake May spring game. And then, you know, obviously on the flip side, go watch State and Florida State. Well, State and Florida State, huh? State versus State. <laughs> and, you know, a, a very big game in, in that all right, too. So, anyways, like, yeah, North Carolina, you're right. Like, <laughs> they have a lot to prove, a lot to prove. And, We'll see if they do it. I mean, we really will. But, I mean, again, kudos to Georgia Tech. Like, Georgia Tech's not missing Durham. I think that's my takeaway from this series. I don't think Georgia Tech's going to get a, like, a, a, ser- a, a serious loss in terms of a sweep to a very quality team. Like, I, I don't see them falling but behind Florida State or Clemson at this point. It yeah, could. I don't see it I mean, either. I'm about to pull up their schedule to make sure I, uh, you know, like it's not the murders row Virginia and Wake back to back weeks or something where I'm going to regret everything I just said. But the like, next two are going to be tough. What do they got? They got at Virginia. This is where Tech. I miss. This is where I miss ESPN, like actually caring about college baseball because you just have to Google search these, and then you have to because of how these websites work, they take you to the very first game of the year, so you got to scroll all the way down. It's the most inconvenient thing ever. But, <laughs> Oh, yeah, so Virginia got, Tech on the road. Okay. And they got Auburn. My, and then Miami on the road, too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, when you consider that that slate, it's not great. Obviously, at Miami's not ideal. But then it's also Pitt at home, at Duke, Virginia at home to end the season. I mean, getting Virginia at home is ideal. I wish they had Miami at home because they actually, I think, have a legitimate shot to win that series. I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see two sweeps there. So by rule, I'm going to say that they're going to be higher than you know they'll be the top twelve of fourteen in the conference. So I think Georgia, I think Georgia Tech is safe. Um, something I want to point out real quick, Nick, because I just can just noticed it. There's nothing I love more in college baseball. Then that one from middle of April to the end of the regular season, G5 or mid-major or whatever you want to call it, versus Power 5 weekend series. Like I don't know if you saw, but like Georgia Tech has Gardner-Webb. Yeah. Florida State had Mercer. ETSU goes to Oklahoma State. <laughs> oh, in, wow. In, in the first weekend in May. Like, you know. There are some, I think, I can't remember who it was. Somebody actually goes to Sanford. I think it's Notre Dame. Let me see. Or, oh, man. It's a, Notre it's Dame. a power five team. I'm going to look up Sanford. 
It's... Or there. Stanford baseball. Notre Dame. No, Notre Dame has Akron. Oh. Uh, and a three-gamer? Yeah, that's a three-gamer. Oh, sorry. I completely – I guess I just kind of thought basketball school and went ACC. They host Kansas for three. But, like, why is Kansas going to Birmingham, Alabama for three? <laughs> why is East Tennessee State going to Stillwater, Oklahoma for three games? <laughs> because like, those programs are about to pay them heavily. Yeah. But, like, Kansas ain't paying Sanford shit. They're going to Sanford. <laughs> you know, so it's just it's just weird. I think, like, North Carolina also has, like, a really weird one, like, they all have just a weird weekend series. It's just yeah. like, what the heck? State like, State has the Citadel. Like, yeah, that's right. To last I'm gonna say I know there's a SoCon team that goes to NC State. Yeah, Citadel. That's right. Like, w- Wakes is really weird. So and like, like, and like, states would almost make more sense to go to the Citadel because, like, at least you're going to Charleston at that point. So. But yeah, like, you're, yeah, because I know exactly where you're going with this. Because Wake hosts Wofford on a Saturday, and then hosts like USC Upstate or something on that Sunday. High point. High point. Like, because I guess they probably they either didn't want to play them or they just couldn't get programs to do it. But like, I mean, that's so weird. <laughs> like, yeah. I remember I saw them hosting Wofford on a Saturday. I'm like, ooh, Wofford three game series. It's, nope, <laughs> just two, <laughs> or just one. I mean. <laughs> But, like, Wake's got two home games. Like, it's just so strange um, how that all plays out. But – and, uh, uh, Nick, if you need – if you know the marketing guy at uh, Wake Forest, I can give him a tip or two of how to get rent-free in Wofford's manager's head. Because I had Wofford's manager complain to me to the conference about me trolling them after they after we walked them off on uh, on Saturday night. So, <laughs> if, uh, if, they need, if they need to know how to troll <laughs> – Wofford, I got him. I'll let him okay. Know. But <laughs> they probably don't need it. But just in case they want it, I got some secrets for him. But, no, um, you know, it's so strange. But, again, this was a series where I think, like you said, it's time to stop letting North Carolina sneak behind, you know, like just kind of just mosey on along. Like, enough's enough. Prove something, North Carolina. And, like, Nick, is it a bad take for me to say that North Carolina needs to sweep Miami this weekend for me to feel comfortable saying that they're actually a top 15 team? No, not at all. Like, I think, like, if they win two out of three, I think that's impressive. But if they sweep, then they're like, okay, North Carolina. I mean, Miami might be the worst Power 5 team I've seen on the road. They got, I think, swept by Florida on the road. Yeah. They got swept by Wake, and they got swept – like. Basically, what I'm saying is top 15 programs will sweep Miami at home. <laughs> so, North Carolina, if you're a top 15 program, sweep Miami. <laughs> yeah. Do something that multiple teams have done this year. So, yeah. I mean, that's kind of all I've got on that series. You got anything else to add? Um, trying to think who else we might be neglecting here. Who did – why am I trying to look on who Pitt played this weekend? Pitt played uh... – Was it Notre Dame? No. I can tell you right now, my friend. Uh, it wasn't Duke. Or maybe, was it Duke? Right I think now. it was no, Duke. No, Virginia Tech was Duke. Oh, no, yeah. it was Notre Dame. It was Notre Dame. Because the reason why was Notre Dame pissed me off so much because on Saturday, 
Notre Dame had the, literally a sweep in the bag and then just threw up all over themselves. So, like, so Nick, basically, give me an idea of how my Saturday went. We were scheduled to play for at two o'clock in, in a doubleheader, and we were supposed to have senior day for women's tennis at like one thirty or twelve thirty. So again, I live thirty to like forty minutes away from campus. So you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm gonna get on campus by eleven o'clock. That way, I'm there early. Like everything's good. If anything changes, I can adjust. I'm there. I get. I'm better waiting there than waiting at home. So I get there at 11 and, you know, dude, it's pouring. Like, it's just pissing. It's like, we're not going to play tennis. We're not going to start baseball on time. So we wait till the last minute to move tennis off campus. And long story short, we don't start our next game till five, like our first baseball game till five o'clock. So I'm just sitting there for six hours. So I'm literally just watching baseball on my computer and clean. like my office is spotless. So shout out to me. It's awesome. I actually feel like I have like a clean workspace now, <laughs> but like, you know, all I did was watch ACC games, and this game in particular pissed me off because – so, Nick, I'm just going to give you a quick synopsis of what happened. So, I tuned in, and it was 2-2 two to two, uh, and going into the seventh inning, and so obviously, you know, tie ball game. Well, Notre Dame scores three in the seventh, and it's like, okay, that's pretty good. Pitt has a great chance to tie it up in, in the seventh, but they don't. You know, Pitt makes it a 5-3 ball game going into the eighth. And I'm feeling pretty good about it because I'm like, you know, this is a team that, you know, I, I kind of trust Notre Dame. I think, I think they've been a little bit – I think they're probably the slowest starting team we've seen so far. Like, they're probably the most talented team that, that kind of were giving us the biggest red flags earlier in the year. And next thing you know, I think it's with two outs too. If I'm not mistaken, it was with two outs – what, is, what does Pitt do? Oh, just a single, make it 5-4. Single, make it 5-5. Five to five. Then a three-run bomb. Oh, and batter solo bomb. <laughs> so it's 9-5 to five in, like, the blink of an eye in favor of Pitt. And I'm just like, what in the world is happening here? Like, I mean, Pitt saved – honestly, they have saved their season. You know, we talked about it. I don't think Pitt is an AC, like a NCAA tournament team. But I think if you're Pitt, getting to Durham is a is a win. And right now they're there. The yeah. Pitt Panthers are in Durham. Or maybe not blue bloods. Well, actually, eh, Florida State's probably a blue blood in college baseball, but you know, some of the top programs in the conference are the bottom two in <laughs> Clemson and Florida State. So, you know, shout out to Pitt for saving their series. But I am a little frustrated with Notre Dame because a series sweep there, Nick. Like Notre Dame is in my la- or my my first four out of my bracketology. They would have swept Pitt. They're probably in. Again, they're right there. They need every game they can. And like, it's not the fact they lost the Pitt. It's the fact that that was their ball game. For seven innings, they were the better team. But again, it's that's why you play nine. That's yeah. why so many teams, you know, don't like. That's that's my only. We'll get to the state and wake again, but like, Nick, I, I'm gonna talk you off a ledge some more about NC State because I think there's some things you need to take away from the series, besides you know, some of the stuff that you saw that were frustrating. But you know, there's a reason why the seven inning games hold less weight than nine do, unless it's again it's like a run rule kind of situation. Again, kudos to Notre Dame. 
very good weekend. Obviously, had to go to Pitt to take care of it. But I will say, I mean, Pitt, Pitt, very similar to what we said about, you know, um, Georgia Tech. Like, they will not get swept. <laughs> like, they literally are willing themselves into at least one win a series. So, you know, kudos to them. We'll see if they can continue that when they go to Charlottesville this weekend. But kudos to them. So, that's all I've got. Did you get any eyes on this series? No, I didn't. But I think Notre Dame, they needed to get two out of three to stay in the conversation. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head saying that they were the slowest starting team um, out the gate. And they kind of, you know, built a little bit here and there. Um, They have a couple of, I mean, just like you said, the pit game. They could have swept. They could have won two out of three against North Carolina. Um, I think this team, they, they're they slowly starting to put it together, and I just hope it's not too little too late uh, after the ACC tournament. Um, I think they need to get put a couple more dominant series together, which I think they can. They're getting pretty hot. Um, I think they can take it to Clemson, although it is on the road. Um, they can win their midweeks. They can definitely sweep Florida State. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, um, there's opportunity ahead for them, and I just hope it's not too little too late because we kind of wrote them off early, like, oh, they're missing Link Jarrett, yada, yada. They start every – I mean, they, they haven't played a home game. Uh, until mid end of March. Um, but yeah, I think they're starting to put it together slowly, but surely. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, all right. Well, on to the final three game setter of the weekend, Virginia, my boys did exactly what I asked them to do. I'm standing almost in the exact Huge, same spot. Dude. Um, I'm pretty much standing in the exact same spot where I was like, yes, I'm frustrated. Cause of course it's Virginia tech. That they lose a series too but it'll all be worth it if they can sweep Miami and Iowa stand here. To- it was worth it. <laughs> that was huge. I mean, I still have a lot of question marks about Miami. I know we suspect North Carolina. I think there's an argument to be more suspect about Miami, to be frank. I mean, this is a team that needed a walk-off home run in the ninth to beat FIU in a midweek. You know, they have – like, Miami takes care of business against the teams they're supposed to, but, man, they do – like. Miami screams, makes a regional, thorn in your side, makes to the regional final, gets knocked out. That's what they scream. Like, they don't scream a team that can get past the regional to get to a super. Like, because they just can't beat good teams. I mean, Virginia, I didn't get to watch any of the, on the Friday game, but Virginia kicked their ass. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was never particularly close. And if I remember correctly, I'm going to double check this. But I'm almost positive my no Miami did not lead first in this one because Virginia jumped out to a seven nothing lead. Sorry, thirteen nothing lead. <laughs> but Miami led first in every other game this weekend. And Sunday I got to watch a ton of the game yesterday, and you know Virginia from start to finish. Like you know the, the most impressive thing to me about Virginia is their ability to score in bunches especially with two outs, but like they just, and and yes, they do have the ability to hit home runs. Jake Galloff on Sunday hit two home runs. That was really the difference in the game, but a lot of situational hitting was the reason that they won, you know, Saturday 
the reason why they put up so much up on Friday. I mean, they truly did their part in in this weekend series. And again, I I think Wake Forest is the best team in the ACC at this point. But I, you could make an argument that Virginia has like Virginia again. When people say, "Oh, Virginia or Wake, who do you feel more confident winning a like winning the whole thing?" If you just say, "Okay, one ACC team wins it all, Virginia or Wake, who do you pick?" I think I pick Virginia. And the only reason why I say that is. Virginia's been there. I mean, this, half this team was in Omaha two years ago. You know, Brian O'Connor has won a college world series. I mean, he's from Omaha for God's sakes. Like Nick, fun fact of the day. Did you know that Virginia's manager is the guy being lifted up in the college world series uh, statue outside the ballpark there? I did not know that. Yeah, he played at Creighton. That was a walk-off for Creighton to get them to the NCAA tournament, I believe, or make it to their first super regional or something like that. Yeah, that is, that is Brian O'Connor. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so there's your fun fact of the day. But, um, you know, again, this is a ball who has continued to impress night in and night out. I mean, the game, like, for example, game game two of this series, Miami scores two in the first. What does Virginia do? Score two in, this, in, their, in their half of the first. And Virginia scores, makes it 3-2. Miami takes the lead 4-3. What does Virginia do an inning later? Take the lead. What does Miami do when ties it in the sixth? Virginia takes the lead in the sixth. <laughs> like, Virginia has answers 95% of the time to whatever their opponents do. And they can score in bunches. So, you know, I was very impressed with what Virginia had going for them. Um, I will say, as a Virginia fan, it was great to have Nick Parker back. Nick Parker, Nick, was the, was the pitcher I was talking about who got drove with a line drive a couple weeks ago. He came back, obviously struggled a little bit in the first, but really kind of settled down and pitched well for his first game back. I mean, that's the thing. Virginia doesn't have the arms to beat Wake from a starting pitching standpoint. But they have a very solid bullpen, and they have better bats. (laughs) Like, Virginia – is it bad to say they're the best hitting team in the conference? Uh, No, it's not. Like, I think you have – a compelling argument. And I was really hoping that you'd bring this up, Micah, today. Because we talk about Wake and their bats, which, I mean, top to bottom, that lineup is scary. And even without Nick Kurtz and Adam Sasiri this weekend, they got still got guys that can do it. They got Lucas. They got uh, – who else am I – forgetting uh chris katz like they got guys that can fill in those spots without a doubt but micah virginia's hitting is otherworldly like wake does it with the long ball you guys do it like you said with scoring in bunches you guys lead right now the acc in rbis and average like that's or I'm sorry, you lead the ACC. Hold on. Uh, okay, you're third. You're third in average, but you're overall just like your guys are in the top 10 every single time. It's multiple of you guys. It's honestly insane. And this new kid who I texted you about earlier this morning doing this top 10 Hold on, man. This dang computer could just work for me. Thank you. Okay. 
Um, what's his name? Who did I text you? I was like, who the hell is this kid? Uh, where is he? You can where do it. He? I believe in you. I'm trying to find him. You can do it. It's Griff. It's Griff O'Farrell. I'll save you the. Oh, I'll save the okay. listeners. You scrolling through your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scrolling through my laptop. I don't know why this thing is acting up because I have the top ten of everything right in front of me. But yeah, he just suddenly popped out of nowhere in a lot of these top ten lists. Um, it's honestly insane. You guys just know how to do it. Jake Galloff has been awesome. Who else do you have? that I'm just like constantly seeing in this top 10. It's you'll see Geloff, you'll see Ethan O'Donnell, you'll see Kyle Teal, you'll see yeah, <laughs> you Kyle know, Teal. Griff O'Farrell obviously has entered the, entered the chat. You know, this is a team like Nick that is just so much fun to watch because like, you know, I think my favorite stack, I love I love I love where your brain's at with all these random stats you tweet like I would never think to do on-base percentage for an individual player, but sure enough, Nick Dioli decides it's a great idea to tweet. And it's a great thing to tweet. I'm not saying it's not. I just, my brain would never go there. But that's honestly my favorite thing because you see two of the top three guys are Virginia guys, and one of them is Anthony Stefan. He's not the greatest of, like, hitters, but he works counts. He gets hit by pitches somewhat, <laughs> somewhat regularly too. But, like, you know, Virginia is just so good at situ- – like, they are the – like, give me a team – that I have to put my life on to drive in a run with two outs and nobody on, like to score a run. Eh. We'll say one guy on first. Cause like solo home runs could obviously like that kind of cheat the system. And then, you know, LSU can just rake. So maybe not fair, but like Virginia can drive in runs like they, and they do it so often with two outs that, you know, really it, you are not safe with Virginia until you are out of the inning. Yeah. So, you know, again, Miami, though, we need to talk about them for a minute because wait, 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 wait. real quick, I do apologize. The website was acting up every time I hit 2023, it would just show me the 2022 stats, and that's why I was so confused when I saw Virginia in third. And I wasn't seeing names like Kyle Teal and, and and company. But yes, you guys are leading the ACC in batting average by a significant amount. I mean, not significant, but a pretty good margin by Georgia Tech. And you guys are leading the ACC in RBIs. And it's funny because, again, you guys don't do it with the long ball. You guys overall have 37 homers on the season while, you know, Wake has 55, Virginia Tech has 58, State has 51. And, yeah, you guys just know – you guys are just a gritty ball club just that just knows how to score runs. And leading to Miami, dude, Miami leaves so many guys on. Like, I want to give credit, I do, to Virginia's pitching staff. But, and again, Wake Forest is another phenomenal group of arms. Florida's got another solid group of arms. Yeah. But it's it's a contagious thing. Like, Nick, I may have to, after this podcast, look up, like, the, the ACC's team stats for runners left on base. I think Miami's got to be in the top three of the conference. Let's see if I can find that, but keep going. Because, like, I mean, there were multiple half innings where I'm like, shit, Miami's take the lead. Or shit, Miami. Like, dude, like late – and again, I know the game was over. Like, in terms of it was, what, 13-0 Virginia. Dude, Miami had legitimate chances in the final couple innings 
to drive in six or seven runs. And they didn't do it. They got two. But, like, because, like, it was funny. The broadcasters on Friday, which, by the way, Nick, my favorite thing, the AC Network has gotten one thing right, Nick, and you know where I'm going with this? What's that? Putting Steven Shock on the calls for Virginia games. Dude, that has been so much fun because Steven provides fun insight into, like, Brian O'Connor's mindset and everything like that. But also, and this is probably the best part, He's just a baseball-loving dude. He hypes up every player on every team. Yeah. Like, he'll say it to you straight. He'll talk – like, a player makes a mistake, and he'll give you the mindset of how you move on to the next one. Like, dude, Stephen Shock is the greatest dude of all time. I hope this – I hope if he listens to one of our podcasts, like he said he would check out, Nick, this is the one, so that way he'll listen forever. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, that – has been like – I mean, in a way, like, I kind of want to see him on a non-Virginia game so I can just truly enjoy it. Because with Virginia games, obviously, as fans, we dial into the games a little bit more. Get a little bit more stressed out for stupid stuff. Like, I was stressing out when Virginia was up 14-2 to in the ninth inning or eighth inning or whatever it was against Miami. <laughs> but, like, you know, dude, imagine – could you imagine this weekend's Wake and Louisville series with Steven Shock as the color? God, it would be beautiful. That would be awesome. Like, mm, mm, Jeff's geese, <laughs> big geese. But yeah, anyways, man, like Miami's just got to figure it out. I mean, I, I think, Nick, I, I have to go over to Chap Hill this weekend and just see with my own eyes. Like, cause sometimes, Nick, I mean, you did, you obviously went to a couple of the Miami uh, weight games. Like, I mean, Hayden made it sound like to me that Miami just doesn't give a shit about being there. Like, they almost like – like, something that really stood out to me, Nick, that maybe is reading – like, reading too much into something. Virginia's up 6-5 in the ninth on Saturday in game two against the Canes. And the leadoff guy walks and gets on. And, no, you're used to kind of seeing, like, that guy get excited – it, it felt like, again, I wasn't there. I can't really hear much besides, like, the little background mic from the broadcast. But it felt like from what I could see, and it's kind of the background behind with the dugout of Miami in the backdrop, that he was, like, legitimately trying to fire up his guys as if they were not motivated to be down a run to a top-five team or top-seven team on the road in the ninth inning. Like, the winning – not the winning run, but the lead run was coming to the plate. <laughs> with nobody out. And there like there just seems to be like and I, again I can't speak for this. I don't know anyone on this team. I have not seen them in person. But it, it, I kind of picked up on what Hayden had told me from what he thought he saw at Wake, which is that this Miami team just doesn't have maybe swagger is a good way of putting it or just overall juice, but you know, they just don't seem as motivated as they should be. Can I tell you a story? I would love a story. When Miami lost the very first game of the season to Penn State, I was already hearing – I won't say his name, but I was already hearing rumors from a former Wake Forest play, baseball player that there is not a lot of team chemistry on this Miami ball club. 
that they are not gelling well together, that um, it seems like they don't care as much. It seems like kind of lost the locker room a bit already mm-hmm. in game one. Uh, so what Hayden said, what you're trying to believe, I kind of believe too because I heard it after day one. Um, and I kind of trust this source too. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it's not a hot take. They they have not gelled together. I remember watching them play NC State on TV, and you know, in the middle of the week, the team went out to dinner. They try to you know build that chemistry and stuff. That's what the announcer said. You know, it, it's strange with Miami. They either get swept or they sweep. The only time that yep. doesn't that hasn't <laughs> happened, in at least in ACC play, was against NC State. Um, so what Hayden has said, what you're trying to believe, I think might be true. Yeah, and like, man, like if that's the case, man, that's that's just disappointing. Yeah, this team has it, like. Are they the type of team that can win the whole thing? I don't know about that. But, you know, like, do I think that they're more talented than Wake Forest? Honestly, Nick, from a 1v1 standpoint, they might be from top to bottom. But you know what Wake Forest does better than any team I've seen in this country? Dude, they are they are a group. <laughs> they got each other's back. I mean, you've talked about it how many times? I mean, Sean Sullivan stepping up to become a Saturday starter when like what, 2 months ago he was irrelevant? Not irrelevant. That's that's very poor. But like if you didn't like know Wake Forest's roster, you didn't know who Sean Sullivan was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've talked about all the guys that have stepped up in the lineup to fill roles for Nick Kurtz and Adam Cersey, Cer- right? I don't want to say his last name. Cersey. Cesaria. See, I don't know why I think it's Cersei. See, I'm glad I asked you. Sorry, Adam. I know you've been on the pod. I didn't say your last name on the pod, though, so thank God I didn't because you would have probably corrected me then. But, <laughs> um, you know, like, guys have just been stepping up. Like, Miami does not. They just don't step up. And, I mean, again, like, I still have them ranked in my top 25. They fell out of D1's top 25. And, I mean, honestly, rightfully so. I still had them 25 as well. They had them 24. Because I just think that, like, the back end of the standings is a big muddled mess. And I'm like, I'm not punishing Miami <laughs> for losing a series. Like, like yes, they have, what, 11 losses, 10 losses, somewhere in that ballpark? Well, like, yeah. six of them are to my top five teams in Virginia and Wake Forest, both on the road. <laughs> you know, one's to NC State, a quality team. What, three or two are against Florida? Like, clearly this team can play ball. <laughs> Like, they've been playing tough competition, you know, when they lose these games. They're, again, they're the definition of quality losses. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I got nothing else to say besides, like, <laughs> we'll preview the Miami-North Carolina series. We probably should start getting wrapping this up kind of quickly because we've been on the pod for a while now. But, you know, yeah, it's just it's frustrating. Yeah, I would be frustrated if I were a Miami fan for sure. Yeah. All right, we'll go Duke-Virginia Tech. All I have to say is that series went exactly how you told – if you were to tell me, hey, I only played two games this weekend, it went exactly how I thought it would. One team kind of dominated game one. The other team kind of dominated game two. But it was never a true domination on either side. They're equal opponents. Um, yeah, 
<laughs> I mean, that's it. Like, both teams look like they're – like, both teams, I think, are NCAA tournament teams at this point in time. So, that, there's that. Um, and Virginia Tech's RPI. Like, Duke is kind of getting killed by their RPI. Like, their record's kind of saving them. But their RPI, I think, is 57th. And Virginia Tech's in the top 35, top 40. So, both programs are in plenty of good shape. There's still plenty of ball to play. So, you know, Virginia Tech is 3-2 and two in their last five ACC games. I'll take it. Man, that's all I really got. Yeah, we'll see what they um, do this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this weekend will tell us a lot. I mean, with Duke, I think – Man, I, I really wanted this game, this series to go three games because I would have loved it if Duke had won this series. Then I would have comfortably put them in my top 25, but I am on the outside looking in still. They're still that bubble team for me. Um, they're that last team that I would consider putting in or leaving out. They're right there on the cusp. So it is a shame that this series couldn't finish, but yeah. Um, Virginia Tech, they seem to be like kind of putting it together um, after winning the series against Pitt, winning the series against Virginia. Like it's starting to come together for them, and they're they're not out of the woods yet. I mean, they still get the, the schedule lines up tremendously for them with Georgia Tech, Florida State. Um, for some reason, they are only playing one game against North Carolina. I don't know why that is, or unless the ACC website's messing up something. Um, did they pay them earlier? No, they didn't. That's kind of weird. I don't know why that is. Uh, but they got uh, two game, two games against Bowling Green. They play Clemson. They have to finish at Wake Forest. So besides Wake, they they can win their way back into this thing. Like. If I'm a Clemson fan right now and I'm sitting on the outside looking in, your eyes are on Virginia Tech because they can win this thing out. Like they can win the rest of their series in a blink of an eye besides Wake Forest. And they're like, they could be back in the top 25, Micah. And I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. Well, Final series, Nick. It's time to, to rip the band-aid off. Okay. Before we before before we uh we let you vent. From NC State. This is my this is my this is my last get out of jail free card with this take. But there are a lot of positives to take away. I mean <laughs> Nick, you're a, a just absolute blunder away from being down what, one run? Going into the fifth inning, sixth inning of game two yesterday. I mean, game one was dominated by Wake, but I mean, that's just, that's red. And even then, it really wasn't dominated per se by Wake. They, then they rallied. They were they down like in the final? Like, yep. Brett didn't get the win, did he? He didn't get the win. He, he gave up a three run homer that gave State the lead. I'm and that's like, when they pulled him. Yeah. Like, you can be frustrated because, again, like you would think if you took the lead on Rhett Louder, that means you should win the game, in right. my opinion. But, again, like I would like to think, Nick, that they will eventually get out of their own way. Because that's what it's boiling down to. They just get in their own way. They are – but their RPI is nine, for God's sakes. 
<laughs> like we were talking about this for the listeners, obviously. Like, Nick, I texted you yesterday and was like, this team is a two or two big ACC series wins away from being a regional host. <laughs> like, there's a reason, like, there was a third toughest schedule in college baseball this season. Yeah. I mean, they've already played Miami, Virginia, Boston College, Wake Forest, like, ECU, Louisville. Louisville. Like, holy shit. <laughs> Coastal. Yeah, like. Elon. <laughs> yeah, what more <laughs> do you want from them? <laughs> so, like, if you're an NC State fan, like, I'm laughing at a lot of people are like, oh, we're not even going to make the ACC tournament. Nick, can you kindly tell your fan base to just shut the fuck up? <laughs> because, like, the sky is not falling. Now, if it was, I don't know if uh, the shortstop's going to catch it or the third baseman, whoever that was that dropped the ball. Oop, that's mean. Sorry. But, but, you know, like, seriously, like, there is an argument to be had, Nick, that for 50% of the 14 innings of baseball that were played in Winston-Salem yesterday on Easter, that seven of those innings, NC State was better or at the bare minimum as good as the number two team in the country on the road. Yeah. So, like, this weekend series, Nick, should be your gauge for whether the fire alarms are going off. Because, Nick, I don't want to make a prediction before we do predictions, but you're bro- I'm bringing a broom to, Dur- or to Raleigh this weekend. <laughs> like, if you're an NC State fan, have a broom ready for Sunday because I think you might need it. You should hopefully have to need it because <laughs> they are they are a, like they are the best what worst like last team in in a conference tournament in the country. Yeah. So that's all I have to say on it. Again, kudos to Wake. I mean, they continue to impress. I swear, Nick, if they lose to App State tomorrow, I'm going to jump off of the mountain that the stadium is built into. But, <laughs> like, Wake continually finds a way to win, and they capitalize on teams' mistakes. But, I mean, my goodness. Like, NC State is right there. They're right there. I mean, again, they were right there from blowing and getting swept by Virginia but they were also right there from taking the series against Virginia at home. So they are, they are putting them in a situation, Nick, to where if the ball bounces the right way, like right now, Nick, if you said, Hey, NC state is going to be, you know, three to one odds that they could beat LSU in a series. Let's say in a super regional, just for fun. Would I feel confident in it? No, but with those odds, I'd absolutely take it. Because this team can do that. Will they? They haven't proven that they will, but they sure as hell can. So NC State fans, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Unless you lose the series to Florida State this weekend, just breathe. (laughs) Yeah, it's just been the same thing all year. Like, everyone's saying the same thing. A top 10 team that just can't get out of their own way. That's playing like little league infielders. I mean, Micah, we lost two games this week. 
this week on a drop pop fly, a dropped pop fly. The, the ECU game uh, last Tuesday. You know, if Carter Trice doesn't call off Peyton Green from all the way in left field to come practically two feet away from the infield to try to catch that ball, State's going back into the dugout with a two-to-one lead, and ECU doesn't score five runs right there with two outs. You know, if Peyton Green makes that easy catch of a pop fly, we're only down one going into the next inning. You know, if the relief pitch, the relief relief pitching has been a problem all year, so I'll give Wake that they took advantage of it. But dude, let's be honest. Wake did nothing special in game two. Nothing. They made great plays. I'll give them that. They made great defensive plays. Uh, Lucas, you know, Lucas is a damn good ball player, man. Like, he's been a great um, guy off the bench for Adam Sisiri. Poking that, um, I mean, he got the rally started when State was still up one. With two outs, State had the shift on Lucas, and he poked a grounder into, uh, into second where no one was. And then that's when the rally started. And then that's when Peyton Green dropped the pop fly. He made a great play on uh, stealing home on a pass ball. That's the other thing that killed State in game one was that we had so many pass balls that runners kept advancing. We had someone score. Like in the Boston College series, like you don't blow that 72 lead in the eighth inning. We're we're coming home with a two with a series win at uh, at Boston College. Yeah, it's quite 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 frustrating. I've never seen anything like it, where a team who literally can be in the top ten if they wanted to, is constantly constantly I mean, shooting I themselves mean, Nick, in the foot. Technically, they are in the top ten. RPI says they are. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> We'll know, see. We'll see what yeah. happens. But like, I know. But yeah, it's it's honestly so frustrating. Like, th- there's a world where State comes out of this week three and zero instead yep. of zero and three. Absolutely, you're you're 100 right. You are 100 like, right. And instead, like you said, they they went from three and zero. I mean, I would argue that they were the better team when you combine all the innings for two of these three games. You factor everything together. So even a two and one weekend would have been phenomenal. It's and instead, they're zero and three. <laughs> it's crazy. I saw this stat today where the run differential in every series is just so close. But like the one, a couple of them, like State is killing it. Like State won the run differential against Boston College. They, I think they won it against Miami. But it's just like, ah, yeah. What what I will say. And how I will calm down NC State fans to try to calm myself down. The next 12 of 13 games are at home. We've got Mm -hmm. Wilmington tomorrow, three game against Florida State. We're on the road at Davidson, but I mean, that's like what, two, an hour and a half. We got Clemson at home. We got the Citadel at home. And we got A&T on the road. Or I mean, at home. If we lose the series to Florida State, the season's over. You can Nick, count it out. Nick, we are Nick, in you, Nick, of you better, girl. you better. Good. Who was who was after um, this weekend series with Florida State in the ACC? 
Wait, who, say that again. So who was it? It was they had Florida State. They had who else after that? Who was the AC opponent? For State? Yes. Who Clemson. besides Florida? Clemson. Nick, if you don't go 11-2 and two in this series, you should be concerned. Yeah. Because Clemson's at home, correct? Clemson's at home. Florida State's at home. Florida State's Citadel's at home. Like, you should sweep the Citadel. You should take five of six at the minimum. We'll even be nice. We'll say four of six against Florida State and Clemson at home. And you should win at Davidson, who, yes, at Davidson is an NCAA tournament team because their conference sucks and they're the best team in their conference right now. <laughs> but besides Davidson, like, you know, road game, A&T, you should win. Wilmington, you should win. Like, again, those are at home. Yeah, like, ECU, we should win. Like, honestly, like, I'd be kind of upset, Nick, if you're not 12-1. and one. <laughs> Seriously, that's what a lot of people are saying. It's like, we have the potential to go 12-1 and one on, this ro- on this home stretch. And 12-1 and one would probably lock you in an NCAA tournament spot, minus, like, getting swept the rest of the way. I mean... Because that would put you at, what, 30? Because you're, you're, you're 22 and 10 right now? Let me, uh, I'll tell you just a second. Uh, we are 20 and 11. 20 and 11. Sorry. So if you're 20 and 11, you go 12 and 1. You are now <laughs> and 12. <laughs> Going with your into strength to schedule. Yeah. With your strength played to this, obviously it'll get, you know, down over the next couple of weeks, but you have a top 30 strength to schedule. 32 and 12 is a NCAA tournament team. So, as long as, again, you don't the way you're in. Yeah. And that's what we got to hope for. You know, we, 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 we got at Notre Dame, and then we're at UNC, and I think by mid-May, we got a clear picture of who UNC really is once they start this week. And then we get Pitt at home. So... It's a very winnable schedule after the the you know the tough stretch we've been on, but it's just blown opportunities, man. It's it, it's shooting themselves in the foot. We could easily have won almost every series we have played in the ACC. It, we're, we're like right there. We're right there, and most of it is our. It's not like the other teams did anything special. I think the only time, the only series I can say where, okay, I accept we probably lost that series straight up was against Virginia. Like, I know we blew a couple of leads there, but still, like, Virginia's a damn good ball club, but we should have beaten Miami. We should have beaten Boston College. We should have at least gotten one against Wake. Like, Micah, I would have been so happy yesterday to at least get one against Wake Forest. Yeah. But, you know, um, but I, you know what? You got to give Wake a lot of credit in this series because that's what separates good teams from great teams. Wake took advantage of our mistakes and put up a lot of unearned runs because of our mistakes. They did nothing special. They didn't even hit a home run this series. I think it's the first series where Wake did not hit a home run. Our pitching was good. It was really good. It was up to par with Wake's. You know, we just... Kept shooting ourselves in the foot. We struck out Brock Wilkin three times in a row. The leader yeah. of home runs in the country. 
Like, we're right there, dude. It's just we can't get out of our own way. You're right. All right. Well, that wraps up the weekend. Nick, we've talked for a minute now. Let's go through and preview or predict what we think is going to happen this week. Before we do that, though, let's do what we did last time. What is your week game that you are most excited for? And let me preface this, listeners. There's already been one midweek game that was played today. Pitt lost to Youngstown State at home. <laughs> oh, geez. So, already? Jeez, I didn't even yeah. know they were. My God. So, clearly, our favorite is going to be Wake Forest tomorrow because we will be there. Other than what midweek series, not series, game, excuse me, excites you the most? What is the ACC app is now tripping on me now, too. And then I turned my phone and now it's on 2022 schedule. This makes what what is ACC fix your stuff? Stop trying to see and just work. Okay. Anyways, I'll go first next. You can since okay. Obviously, it was postponed. Um, I don't have expectations for Florida State in Florida. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna go well. <laughs> um, Michigan State Notre Dame has some intrigue just due to the fact that Michigan State RPI wise is actually pretty high up there. Um, I don't think they're actually that good, but there so that could be helpful for Notre Dame but this is definitely not the same midweek as it was last week not as big a name George is the obvious choice Nick but I'll leave that one for you in case you want to go there I'm gonna go Davidson and Duke like I said Davidson is a tournament team they're the top of the A-10 and Duke needs every piece they can get and this could be just another nice piece to add to their resume we said like they are the, the most they're the most average team in the ACC like they're good but they're not like I don't feel like they're doing a great job of being a very good, good ball club for Duke they need a midweek like this just again help keep things rolling stay on track I'll rock with Davidson and I think the answer that you're hopefully going to give me was kind of my number one. Yeah, I was going to go Clemson and Georgia. Because uh, both teams I are think, in the same spot. Yeah. They're yep. missing yep. the conference tournament. <laughs> They're both coming off of big weekend wins. Because I don't know if you saw, Nick, but Georgia won the series this past weekend. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I'll let you go. But it is a very big game. Yeah, I mean, we saw it. The, the reason why this is so intriguing to me is because last week when Clemson beat Coastal, they went on to win their series. And I'm hoping that they can get the same kind of jolt against Georgia. Um, so we'll see if that happens, man, because they have opportunity against Notre Dame and then they get Georgia again. So we'll see what happens. I think – Clemson can play the play themselves back into this thing if they can take care of. I mean, it's a huge momentum booster for sure, especially on the road. Yeah. All right. Well, Nick, it's time to preview or predict. Excuse me. This weekend's ACC series. We start the only one that kicks off on Thursday. 
Miami heads to Chapel Hill. This just seems so predictable. Give me the heels and th- yeah, two out of three. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't – like, yes, Miami's team normally gets swept, but I kind of think North Carolina falls into the same category as NC State when it comes to, like, Miami just, you know, being competitive with them. So, obviously, it's flipped on this side because Miami took two of three against NC State. But, yeah, g- give me the heels to win two of three. I think the Canes will get one. They have to get one. Both of these teams, though, are so suspect to me. <laughs> like, this is a su- like this is a huge series because, like, I think whoever loses this series can officially fall into the suspect category. Like, you don't start getting some quality wins, you might be out. <laughs> yeah. So, not, not obviously not of ACC tournament play, but out of, you know, tr- uh, confidently in the NCAA tournament. So, yeah, give me the, give me the heels two out of three. I'll take the heels two out of three as well. Miami doesn't do well on the road. Um, I feel like I should take Carolina to sweep because that's been the trend lately with this Miami team. But I think they're good enough to uh, get one. I think they're good enough to get two, honestly. And then we can really question uh, North Carolina and their ranking. But I'll stick with the trend right now if Carolina just, you know, gliding by right now. And I'll take them two out of three at home. I like it. All right. Nick, we next head to Brighton, Mass., the neighboring town of Chestnut Hill, because you know that's how that works. Duke heads to Boston College. And, Nick, I'm feeling upsets this week. Give me Duke, two out of three. I- I'm not saying Boston College is overrated. But, actually, you know what? No. No. Mm. No. Yeah, BC. BC. This is going to be – no one's sweeping. I feel very confident saying that. Nobody's going to sweep here. But Boston College needs this. They need to get back on track. Duke is a good ball club, but I think BC's a little – Nick, I would not be shocked if this is a replica of the NC State series that happened a couple weeks ago for Boston College. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, shit, Duke's about to take the series. You know, it's about to be game two. They're going to get it done. Because Boston College, by the way, loses pretty much every game Friday. Like, game one of series is Boston College, I think, in AC play is 0-4. <laughs> or That's 0-5. so impressive that they are able to win those series, too. Yeah. So, you know, like, I would not be shocked if a game two, Duke's up one going into the ninth or something. And we're like, oh, crap. And then BC battles back. Because we saw BC try to do it at Louisville, where they battled back. So, give, give me the Eagles, two or three. But this is – I think this might be the most contested series of the weekend mm-hmm. from start to finish. I agree. I think every game is going to be close. I'll take the Eagles, two out of three, because if they don't, like, then you can kind of start to worry about Boston College. They're definitely going to lose a super regional spot then. Um but, yeah, I, I would worry a little bit if Boston College loses this. But they've just been too good. Uh, and, again, like they, they were right there with a single game. I think they can take two out of three at home against a medi- – not mediocre, a, a pretty good Duke ball club. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. It's very impressive what they can do. Um, and it's going to be a very 
very fun series between the Blue Devils and the Eagles. All right. We move on. Let's see. Where do I want to go? Oops. I made a big oopsie, Nick, and I clicked off the uh, the schedule, not paying attention to the fact that I need that for the next game. Uh, we are going to be heading to Charlottesville, where Pitt goes to Virginia. Virginia sweeps. I don't like saying that, Nick, because, well, I don't like to be like overly confident in my team, but I mean, Pitt did just lose to Youngstown State, and they head to Kent State tomorrow. Like, there's a very realistic chance, Nick, that Pitt goes 0-5 this week. <laughs> that would be so bad. Like, again, we've said, like, they're – honestly, Nick, it's clear to me that Pitt is the only team that I think has no shot of the NCAA tournament. Like, even Florida State, barely because of brand and their start to the year and preseason hype, could potentially play themselves back in. It'd take a lot. Or with Pitt, I don't think there's a shot in heck. <laughs> so, purely based off that, give me the who's and another broom. Plus, I mean, it's probably eventually it's got to come to an end, but Virginia's won 20 straight at the dish. And, I mean, again, it, is it very plausible that Duke is – or, excuse me, that Pitt's the one to end it? Absolutely. But considering who has come to the dish over the last couple weeks, you know, Old Dominion – and, of course, you know, you factor in, you know, of course, uh, Miami and Florida State. Like, those are programs I would have felt more confident in getting a win in Charlottesville. So, give me the who's to sweep. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. Give me the who's to sweep. Um, they're hot. They, uh, they're they not going to lose that streak this weekend, I don't think. And Pitt. Uh, yeah, it, it, they're trending downwards, man. It's I'm not buying stock into Pitt anymore, I think, for the rest of the season. It's not looking good for them. Yeah. I, I fully agree with you there. Um, okay. Next up, we head to – hmm. I want to just follow the order of this or – Sure, why not? Florida State at NC State. Brooms, go pack. End quote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Brooms. I would be kind of disappointed if we don't sweep Florida State. They're, I mean, Florida State really can't get out of their own way. If we can't sweep the worst team in this conference, that's kind of a disappointment, but I think we will. Um. NC State fans, please go out and support your team. Please. I know you have been all year, but this team is not dead. We have 12 games at home. So please go out, pack the doke. It's going to be great. Um, I, yeah, I, I think they can sweep. I think they get, can get this momentum back. Uh, give me the pack for the sweep. Yeah. Okay. Next up. We're going to save the next game on this list for last because it's the best, the biggest series of the weekend for sure. Georgia Tech to Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech, excuse me. Give me the Hokies two out of three. I, I, I want to say Georgia Tech, Nick, but selfishly, like, I do think that Virginia Tech is a very good ball club, and both teams need it badly. So I'm just going to go with the team that's at home that I think is a little bit better. So give me the Hokies two out of three. I kind of just blanked out for a second. Sorry. My 
I was <laughs> I was getting mad at that drop pop fly. <laughs> Sorry. It's still in it's still in my head. I think yeah, tomorrow, it, listeners, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna bring I have a wood bat and a baseball. We're gonna go to like the football field at app and I'm just gonna hit pop flies to Nick and see if he can catch them. That way maybe he'll like not that Nick's saying that he can do what these guys do, because he's not. But maybe that way when he drops a couple, he'll be more pissed at himself and less pissed at NC State. Or when Nick catches every single one, he gets so mad at NC State that, like, I'm going to be miserable tomorrow in Boone. <laughs> uh, uh, give me Virginia Tech two out of three. I think they can uh, – beat Georgia Tech for sure. Georgia Tech, they're they're kind of falling off for me. I think Virginia Tech's kind of trending upwards right now. They're I hope I, again it wouldn't surprise me if we see them back in the top 25 by the end of the year uh because of the schedule that they have in front of them. Um I'll take the Hokies two out of three. All right. I like it. All right. George or Steve I we said that one. Notre Dame heads to Clemson. Clemson, this is your last chance. I picked you last week. You didn't let me down. I'm picking you again. Don't let me down. Two or three for the Tigers. Keep their hopes alive. I'll take two or three of the Tigers as well. Um, Ooh, this podcast boring. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you want me to go first next time? Sure. You can do the last series first. I think we're both going to have the same prediction on that, too. Um, okay, I'll say this. I wouldn't be surprised if Notre Dame. No, uh, I mean, I think it's the smarter pick. I think Notre Dame's the better ball club right now. But I, yeah. I believe the Clemson fans are going to show up this weekend at, at Doug Kiss, Kingsmore, whatever it is, Kingsmore, Kissmore Stadium. And, you know, they've always been into the games. But they're hosting a team that made it to Omaha last year. They're hosting, you know, a very winnable series. You know, they're obviously going to be not riding high, but there is reason for optimism for the purple and orange. So, yeah, I think that this is one of those things where, like, you can – like, if you said Notre Dame, even in a sweep, Nick, I wouldn't call you crazy. So, yeah, but, yeah, Tigers, here's your chance. And I can't wait for Cam Canarella to, you know – have 17 singles in three games this weekend. <laughs> yeah, for real. We got to have him on. If he wins, all right, mark this down, April 10th, 9.56 p.m. If Cam Canarella wins freshman of the year, we got to have him on. Oh, for sure. We should have him on regardless. Then we can talk about how he got robbed. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. If they – what would make it better is if Clemson made it to Charlotte. Because that's like, you know, a step up from Durham. Last year. Durham. Durham. Look at I'm that. sorry, I get, Durham. To, I get to correct Nick for once. It's always been me making the screw up. Let's go. Big win right here for me. Uh, Durham. I'm sorry. Durham. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we, we got to have Cam on. Uh, I would love to have him on, get the Clemson people going a little bit, get them excited. Uh, yeah, but, sure. yeah, I'll say Clemson two out of three. Although, again, it wouldn't surprise me if Notre Dame took this series. But I'm with you there, Micah. The – from what the Wake Forest guys told me, it was a really raucous atmosphere over there at Clemson. Like, they still showed up, even though they got swept, even, th- even though things were not looking good. 
Um, it's a ruckus atmosphere down there. So, yeah, I'll take Clemson two out of three. So, Nick, I actually put a note in my phone. So what we're going to do is we're going to have Cam on, um, let's say, Monday, April 24th, after the Clemson Tigers sweep NC State and Raleigh. Um, you can do that yourself then. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, yeah, it's – and selfishly, man, again, I always joke I'm a Clemson bandwagon fan because in football, like, I went to so many games there. Like, as a Virginia fan, when we were down bad, like, I needed someone to cheer for that was relevant. <laughs> so, I hopped on the Clemson bandwagon. But, like, legitimately, like, that is one of the best fan bases. Like, I tweeted it out on – Saturday like Florida State has one of the best fan bases in college baseball like they were into it the entire weekend Clemson's right there with them so I want nothing more than those two teams to have reasons to pack their stadium and Clemson's invested in their facility it's gorgeous man still the best facility I've been to in the ACC um I haven't been to the dish at UVA since they renovated it so maybe that'll change but I mean I don't know if it will so you know anyways yeah I'm I'm pumped up for this one for sure but, Nick, you get to go first. This might be stupid. I'm just kidding. It's not stupid at all. The series of the week in the ACC. <laughs> Wake Forest heads to Louisville. Nick, how does this play out? I'll take the Deeks two out of three on the road. Oh, that's it? That's all you got? <laughs> no. I thought you were going to say, oh, yeah, uh, we, we got the same thing again, but – uh, Not no, so take... fast, my friend. Give me the cards, baby. Cards oh. are taking it. Dude, I'm sorry to all of our friends at Wake Forest. Um, y'all have to lose a series at some point. You do. Like, I'm just being frank with you. Virginia had it with Virginia Tech. You're going to Jim Patterson Stadium. This is a team who now will have to be itching to play ball even more with the loss of, obviously, their game tomorrow against uh, – uh, yeah. Kentucky due to the tragedy that happened in Louisville. The communities rallied in, dude. They're expecting sellouts all three games. Nick, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. So, Nick, you obviously love ball. Who is Wake Forest's Sunday starter? Josh Hartle. Well, Josh Hartle and Nick, who obviously probably likes Josh Hartle, you are not the best starting pitcher on the mound on Sunday. I want to introduce you to my friend from Overland Park, Kansas, Carson Liggett. Yeah, he's Carson good. is seven and zero. He is the Sunday guy, and his last outing, you know, on Sunday against Boston College, he went seven innings with seven strikeouts, one walk, and I'm sorry, seven strikeouts, not seven strikeouts, but seven innings pitched. He went. Hold on, let's get the full stats. He had five hits, no runs, no earned runs, one walk. And six strikeouts. And, yeah. He has been a winning pitcher in every single one of his outings. Against NC State, he went five and a third. He had four hits, one run. Notre Dame, five innings, three hits, one run. Georgia Tech, six innings, five hits, two earned runs. Dayton, he came in in relief, got the win there, though. Against Michigan, he went seven innings with one hit, no runs. (laughs) Like, this man is a dog. I kind of wonder, selfishly, Nick, if Louisville – because, you know, for example, Nick, I'm going to be frank, ETSU does this. We pitch our best starter on Sunday. We go – we try to back-end teams so that way, like, we almost look at it. 
So we use our, and again, this is my opinion. So hopefully my employer doesn't get mad at me for voicing my opinion, but like, I think our best starters on Sunday, our second best starters on Friday and our third best starters on Saturday. Cause what we do is we're pretty much guaranteeing a win on Sunday or in the game three in this sense. Friday, we're in a 50-50 game because we have a good starter, but we're, again, going against our our opponent's number one guy. And then Saturday, we're not chalking up an L, but we're putting our – like, we're basically selling our soul to get one every series. And then hoping that, you know, our our two can beat the one or the three can beat the two. Because sometimes it's a better approach if you trust your guys. Like, I think our two – our two used to be our one, so – you know, I'm wondering if Louisville is doing the same thing. Because, I mean, Carson has a legitimate argument to be the number one guy and be the Friday guy. So are you saying that Ryan Hawks is their number two guy? Statistically, kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like They're again, both like, there in the top no, ten in a yeah, lot they're, of pitching categories. No, you're you're right. They're both phenomenal. But I, a part of me wonders if, like, that is the scenario. Or it could be, again, that Carson's the two, but they put him on Sunday so they get, you know, the opponent's three. I mean, he hasn't lost an outing. Yeah. Like, at the bare minimum, Nick, like, and I again, I mean, no disrespect to Josh Hartle, I think that Sunday is going to the cards. So now we're playing in a game, and, like, I mean, Sean has looked invincible. I think Wake wins game two. I do. But I think there's legitimate, like, I know Rhett's been very good, but he has looked very human this last couple outings. He looked very human human yesterday against State. So part of me wonders if Louisville can get to him early. I mean, again, it's going to be a packed house on Friday at the Pat. I don't know if they call it that, but I'm calling it that. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean – I think again, this is like this is one of those things where again we talk about it. Louisville's a much better team at home. If this game was in Winston, this series in Winston Salem, Nick, I'm taking the Deeks. I might even take them to sweep. <laughs> I think the home field advantage here gives one game to the Cards, and I think the pitching matchup on Sunday with Carson Liggett gives the Cards a second game. And I, I, again, I don't care if I'm wrong either way because I think it's a win. Where I. Nick, have you ever felt like sometimes it's best for your, your favorite teams to almost get a wake-up call? Kind of like a reality check. Just a reminder, hey, like, you're damn good, but you can lose ball games. And, like, yeah, yeah Wake kind of got that against Elon. But, again, I don't think – and you know the guys obviously way more than I do. How many of them were actually that pissed about a loss to Elon? Probably not many of them. I mean, I'm sure they were frustrated. But yeah. I, I, but I'm sure their brain immediately went to like NC State, like nothing happened. Where losing a series to Louisville will wake them up a little bit more, because now it'll finally show that they're like, because I mean, losing one to Duke was kind of a huh, losing one to Notre Dame at home, kind of a huh. But again, they've swept Miami, they swept NC State, Asterix, of course, with only two games, but you know. I think the cards are going to get it done. Again, I, I love Carson. I mean, I, I again, this again could be greedy. Again, I didn't get to see him pitch that Friday. I got to see, you know, the number one on Friday against Georgia Tech. But, you know, I, I, so I'm never going to see Carson in person. But 
I mean, Carson was lights out watching him on the ACC network on Sunday or Saturday, excuse me, against Boston College. Mm-hmm. He looked like this is a Boston College team that has been putting up runs, runs and chunks. Like he was dominant. It was, and like it wasn't like he was getting a ton of run support where he could kind of just be confident. Like it was a three nothing ball game when he left. So he was right there in the thick of it all. Or maybe it was four nothing by then. But, you know, regardless, like it wasn't like, you know, he's a couple batters away from it being a really tight ball game again. So, yeah, I, this is by far the best series of the weekend. Like, <laughs> there's no, no doubt, and I don't think, hopefully not in your mind, Nick, but definitely not in mine. But, I mean, maybe tomorrow, Nick, when, when Wake beats out by tw- uh, 27, you know, maybe that'll change my mind. <laughs> but for now, I'm rocking with the cards. That's why I was so excited when you're like, I think we're going to have the same pick, too. I was like, uh, when he said that, I'm like, Nick's not picking Louisville. We're golden. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but. it's legit. You're 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 talking to me, Mike. I could see it happen. There's no doubt in my mind. After what they did to Boston College, and you know, Rhett looked human. Uh, and like, well, like look, look at. I mean, Nick. Again, I don't know how much you watch non-ACC college baseball, but if you watch any of the LSU South Carolina series, yeah. This gives me the same type of vibes. Founders Park in Columbia was rocking this weekend, man. And LSU had not gone on the road a lot, which Wake Forest has not done a lot of either, especially in terms of hostile environments. Like, the most hostile environment Wake's been to has to be what, Coastal? Uh, yeah. (laughs) So, and then I'm not disrespecting Coastal, but midweek – Midweek, yeah, yeah, that probably probably comes because it was a weekend series. But you know, Louisville's just as hostile, if not more hostile, because again, this game has more implications. <laughs> like, you know, it's gonna be a big crowd. It's gonna be raucous. It's gonna there's a lot on the line. Like, kind of like what the Virginia Miami series brought, which is the you know not the like oh yeah Virginia is now winning the Coastal Division like it's locked. They clinched it, but. I mean, Virginia is pretty much in the pure driver's seat for the Coastal Division. Where, you know, this is the series, like, this is the team that Wake needs to beat to be purely the clear-cut Atlantic Division champion. So, again, we'll see. But I think that it's going to be interesting. I think that, like, and, like, for example, the South Carolina LSU series. I mean, Nick, did you watch game two of that of that series? No, I didn't. South Carolina was six outs away from winning a game, winning the game against LSU. They were up five to two, I believe, and then gave up a grand slam in the eighth inning and lost by a run or two. Yes, I did see that. Like, and like, in a way, like LSU would have won this series, in my opinion. This is also an opinion that I agree with um, from the 11.7 College Baseball podcast of like, there's no way. That if you're South Carolina, how demoralizing that walk that loss was, you could rally and play three hours later and beat the number one team in the country. <laughs> but like I think if you if like they would have came back and played it the next day, right? I think South Carolina wins the series. I mean, they should have won the series 2-0. <laughs> so I think it's gonna be a very similar series where like Wake's gonna get one because you know Sean Deals, 
and, you know, they're able to drive in some runs and maybe they even pull one out late. But Louisville is going to be with them the whole way. And, like, I'm going to be frank, Nick. Like, you kind of said it. Like, this NC State series, did Wake really take it from the pack? No. Like, when has Wake faced true adversity this season? They haven't. This will be their first real t- – I mean, they got it with Clemson, but, again, no disrespect to Clemson, but Louisville's a lot more talented ball club to, hand, not to have to try to handle adversity against than Clemson, who loves to throw up on themselves every single chance they get. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, that's kind of kind of where my head's at. But this is going to be the best series of the weekend. I mean, like we're, we're talking nine teams right now. It should be in the NCAA tournament. You can make an argument for 11. Like, Georgia Tech and Notre Dame are on my, like, last few out. Clemson, RPIY, says they should be in. So, you can make an argument for 12. <laughs> like, there's a legitimate argument, Nick, that all 12 teams that go to Durham are NCAA, like, are, you know, two wins in, in Durham away from being an NCAA tournament team. Yeah. Which makes the tournament so much more fun. Like, that's why the SEC tournament, I think, is going to be pretty fun, too, because you're going to have that kind of same situation with the SEC. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I think the big the Pac-12 is going to start to show their true colors. I think they're overrated as heck. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can't predict. You can only go off what's been happening. But, you know, dude, this is going to be a fun, fun weekend. Uh, I can't wait. It's not as, not as heavy as it was last weekend. But there's a lot of show-me's. I mean – this is NC State's chance to prove that, like, their ninth RPI is worth it. This is a chance for Clemson to, you know, prove that they are still in the hunt to make the NCAA tournament and or for Notre Dame to kind of plant their seed in the same way. Obviously, Miami, North Carolina are trying to prove to themselves that they are, you know, legitimate top 25 teams and should be in the argument to either host or be a two seed in any regional they play in. So it'll be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting, but that's all I've got. Anything you want to add for the listeners? Um, oh, actually, Nick, I need you to quickly tell me what's uh, what's what's on the menu tomorrow. So everyone <laughs> knows uh, I, I bought the tickets for – we're sitting two rows behind home plate. Nick, I, I have some sad news, though, to tell you. When I bought the tickets, I thought when I bought them, that we would be on the side where the camera faces. So we were literally in the background the whole game. They put their camera in left field and not right field like we do. So we won't be in the frames, which makes me kind of sad, but that's okay. Maybe it's better for the, uh, the our listeners and fans to not see our ugly faces behind home plate. More so my ugly face behind home plate. But we're sitting two rows on an aisle behind home plate. So that's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great view. But in exchange... You know, Nick is bringing me the Dioli's uh, sample platter. So I'm very excited for that, whatever that is. Hopefully, at least got some Rise. chicken parm in there. There, there, there. All right, I'll give you this. There is guaranteed will be a chicken parm sandwich for you. Yes, let's go. There will be chicken the parm rest, in America. The, the rest is all going to be a surprise. I'm going to give you a little something here, something there. So don't worry. I All got, I know I, is if it's not good, Nick, we're going to have to start charging your family for advertisement. <laughs> I mean, we're giving, I them two th- we're giving them 2,300 followers. Yes, we hit that today. Thank you, everybody that follows us on Twitter. But we've been giving away free advertisements. I mean, Nick, 
I don't know if this is true, but it sounded like to me a couple NC State folks actually stopped in that came into town for the games and had ate some food on Friday, Saturday. I mean, it kind of backfired, of course, that you weren't able to, you know, you weren't open yesterday, or I think you may have even had more. Because you got a lot of positive traction, which was awesome for everything you got going for you there. So, you yeah, know, I'm glad you actually did it. I would have, you know, given you a hard time, you know, if you didn't take advantage of the opportunity you had. But, I mean, that yeah, it was, was exciting. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. I, I was actually so happy and impressed with the state crowd that online – Saying yeah, go support these guys. Like they're NC State alumni. They're they're run by you know NC State owners. Like like what, some girl from the NC State women's soccer team said something. Like even the Wake Forest crowd on Twitter that knows us, that knows me personally, was saying the same thing. Like yeah, you guys got to go check this place out. Like they're the best. So big shout out to you guys. I w- I wish I tried. I tried really hard to get the state guys to come in you know they sat in that hotel for like three days i tried but uh, i was very appreciative and so was my family about the state crowd reactions wanting to come in and try i know we were closed on easter sunday um but i was very impressed and very happy that we that the state crowd got my family's business out there um so that was really nice um but no, nothing else. I mean, I can't wait to see you tomorrow. Um, shout out Dominic Fritton, uh, State's Sunday starter. Saw him at church Saturday night with his mom. So good on him to go to church with his mom while he's on the road for a baseball game. Um, I did see Wake's catcher as well at church too. So to be there at a late Saturday night on a very long mass, uh, good on them to go. I think that's cool. Uh, other than that man nothing much else um we are pretty much halfway through this season and i can't wait to see you tomorrow Uh, i can't wait to go up to boone i haven't been to boone in a while i haven't been to their baseball stadium at all so excited to see that and yeah if you guys see us on tv take a picture and send it dm it to us and we'll we'll tweet it out there um and thank you again for 2,300 followers. I just told Micah that we have gained now, right now, over 100 followers in the last month on Twitter. And our phone numbers on the podcast are either at football numbers or surpassing them. So we definitely have reached the baseball crowd. So every week gets better. So thank you guys so much. It's awesome to interact with you guys on Twitter. And I'm glad the following that we've caught up on. It's awesome absolutely well everyone if you're still here two hours later you're the best thank you so much for listening nick cannot wait to see you tomorrow and as always it means just a little bit less here at ac country and go acc